The title of the story tonight is Countdown to Christmas. Countdown to Christmas. Ten, nine, eight, the game clock was counting down. After a late run of a few clutch shots, we were only down by one with seconds to play. I looked at my teammates. The game was just a few days before Christmas, and we were all wearing matching Santa hats throughout the basketball game. And I could see that they were feeling extra merry. It had been a long season. We hadn't won a single game. But now, in our last game of the season, we were only down by one with seven seconds left. The church basketball league was in our small borough of Nazareth, Pennsylvania, part of the ever-growing Lehigh Valley, not far from Emmaus, Egypt, and even Bethlehem. A lot of the places in Lehigh get their names from the Bible. Our official team name was the Hillside Mountaineers. But because we hadn't won a game all season, we had started calling ourselves the Undefeaters. In fact, we hadn't even been close to winning a game. We were losing by an average of 25 points. We lost one game by an even 50. There was not a lot to be jolly for this season until this last game which we'd kept close through four quarters. Ironically, for the Mountaineers, we were a squatty bunch. I was the second tallest player on the team, a towering five foot eight. And that's only when I measured myself with the benefit of heavily cushioned basketball high tops. In fact, for half the season, I was the tallest player on the team. I was having to play center at a whopping 68 inches tall. But it was four games into our fall basketball season when I spotted someone from across the church sanctuary at Hillside Presbyterian. It was late November and the first Sunday of Advent. I had seen him at church before, so I knew he was tall. But I was running late to church that day and ended up on the back row with the other tardy congregants. The back pew worshipers knew each other well, a secret society of sorts, but they welcomed me with open arms. When we stood for the call to worship, I spotted Joseph right away. I have a slow motion memory of watching him stand from his seat, and I gasped as his back popped up straight and tall like a push-button umbrella, opening for business on a rainy day. Surely this fellow churchgoer would be open for the serious business of men's church basketball. When it came time for the passing of the peace, I ran down the aisle, the back rowians perhaps offended by my dart to the front of the church. Peace be with you, I said. Peace be with all of you, I said. My neck craned as far back as it could go so I could look Joseph in the eye. And also with you, he said, extending his oversized hand and patting me twice on the head. Okay, he didn't actually do that, but he could have. He was so tall. How tall are you? I mean, how are you? 
I asked with a wink. He laughed and introduced himself and his wife, Maria. I'm Gabe, I said, and Joseph, I feel like I was supposed to meet you today. I've got to ask you, would you be interested in joining our church's basketball team? We are one player short, I continued. Actually, all our players are short. (laughs) But we could really use one more player on the team. Joseph looked at his wife with questioning eyes. Let's just say that she was great with child. If scripture can say it that way, maybe I can too. Joseph was obviously looking to Maria for approval, and she seemed to grant it with a small nod. Sure, I can play, he said. Hallelujah, I shouted, and way too loudly, because the sanctuary had quieted down for the pastor, who was now standing at the pulpit for prayer. My face turned bright red, and I'm not sure why I did it, but I turned and bowed to the pastor. Then I turned again to Joseph and gave him a thumbs up before racing to my seat in the back. When I got to the back row, still bright red in embarrassment, a regular in the back pew turned to me and whispered, you fit in back here. I guessed Joseph was at least six foot eight. If he stood up straight, he was probably closer to six foot ten. As it turned out, he didn't stand up straight much. When we were beginning to warm up before his first game, he warned me that he hadn't played much basketball. That's okay, I answered. You've got at least a full foot on the rest of us, so I think you can still give the team a leg up. I smiled, slightly proud. This time he really did pat my head. But let me tell you, Joseph had definitely not played much basketball. (laughs) He was used to spending a lot of time crouched over his computer. I learned that he was a successful computer programmer who sold his first company in his early 30s. He was also first chair violin in our city's nationally recognized symphony. I saw him play once. When he took his bow back for a long note, his elbow flew over the heads of the next two violinists. After three games with us, Joseph still hadn't scored a single basket. It wasn't for a lack of trying, though. He hustled. He always hustled. And I loved watching his long legs gallop up and down the court, sort of like a young giraffe discovering how knees work. With his height, Joseph had plenty of chances for scoring, of course. He had just barely missed several short jumpers and too many putbacks to count. I begged him to try using the backboard. Now, which part of the basket is that? Joseph asked in response, and I feared that he was serious. But in our last game, in that last game, something had changed. Something had clicked. Joseph played unbelievable defense all game long. He blocked six or seven shots and clogged the lane like only a giant human can. When Joseph stole a pass with seven seconds left, I called a timeout right away. We were only down by one point and we huddled to set up a play. 
asked Joseph where all this defense had come from. He said that he had been watching YouTube videos of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, an 11-time all-defensive NBA player. Joseph's reference, however, was a reality check in the last seconds of our last game of the average age of the Hillsville Presbyterian Church Mountaineers. Kareem's signature skyhook was a lethal offensive weapon and a thing of beauty, so I added during the timeout, I hope you've been watching highlights of his skyhook too. Oh, I have, Gabe, Joseph smiled in response. He smiled at me with that confident smile intelligent people give when they've been studying hard for a test. You just know they know they're ready. And so we called a play for Joseph. Two players would cut to the baseline to set a pick. I'd pass the ball to Joseph as soon as he came open, and we'd try his new sky hook for the win, our first win, our one and only win, a win to finally make the undefeaters nickname forever null and void. The timeout ended. The ref handed the ball to a teammate at half court. He threw it in, and the game clock started counting down again. Seven, six, five. As I dribbled up the court, I took a quick glance over at the clock. It clicked down those precious seconds. The high school student paid to run the clock was oblivious to the high drama unfolding before him. He'd receive his $20 bill regardless of who won But the rest of us knew that middle-aged men's church basketball was indeed serious business. I dribbled to the top of the key, waiting for the baseline picks to be set. Then Joseph flashed between the basket and the foul line, arms extended high, ready for the pass. Four, three. With three seconds left, I threw the ball up high where only Joseph could get it. He took one dribble, then extended his long right arm for a skyhook. I have to say, he did look a little like Kareem in that beautiful moment. The clock counted down, two, one. And Joseph let go of the ball. Just before the clock's buzzer echoed off the gym's concrete walls and hardwood floor. This was it. The ball headed for the basket. This finally would be our one win. We go out on top with Joseph's first basket. But out of the corner of my eye, I saw Joseph hit the floor hard. He was grasping at his knee. At the same time, I watched as the ball hit the back of the rim, then spun around to the front before rolling back out of the hoop. It landed in the lane just an inch or two away from where Joseph was clutching his quickly swelling knee. That was December 22nd, our last game of the season, just three days before Christmas. Joseph's skyhook was a thing of beauty. I wish I had photo evidence of it, that graceful fleeting moment. Because the moment didn't last long, Joseph landed awkwardly and hard against the gym floor. He fractured his kneecap. We didn't know that right away, of course, but we knew it was bad immediately. 
Joseph's wife, Maria, was at the game that night. She was due any day with their first child, a boy. Joseph clearly needed to get to the hospital quickly, so I offered to drive them both. Joseph couldn't drive, and I'm not sure Maria could have fit behind the steering wheel at this point. She was now very great with child. We made the short but arduous 20-minute drive to St. Luke's University Hospital, the Bethlehem campus. Joseph was in a lot of pain, sprawled out in the back seat as much as a giant can, in the back seat of Maria's Bronco. At one point, Joseph asked from the back seat, his words shaky with pain, Maria, did you see my skyhook? It was angelic, she said. She turned to me with a furrowed brow, clearly worried. Gabe, you started this whole thing. You better get us to the hospital right now. The fracture was bad, a complex break of the patella. Joseph would need surgery the next morning, and we would have to spend at least a couple days in the hospital. The surgery was the morning of December 23rd, two days before Christmas. The procedure went well, thanks be to God, for Joseph's sake and for mine too. I did not want to be on Maria's naughty list any longer. They put Joseph in a leg cast. Honestly, that's the biggest cast I've ever seen. It covered most of Joseph's long, skinny leg. I was at home the next day, Christmas Eve, when I got a call that Maria was now at St. Luke's too. The time had come for her to deliver her child. And that's when the idea hit me. A truly magnificent idea. I sent out a message to the hillside mountaineers. I guess you could still call us the undefeaters. I wrote this to them. Good news, mountaineers. Joseph and Maria's boy will be here any minute. I know they'll be overjoyed, but as you know, Joseph has just had surgery and has a long recovery ahead of him. Our basketball season is over, but we still have one more play to run as a team. Then I told them the plan. The next morning, Christmas morning, I went to see Joseph. He was still in his hospital room. His long casted leg extended past the end of his bed and held suspended in the air. Well, I guess you did end up giving us a leg up, I said. Joseph gave me a thumbs down for the joke, but rebounded quickly when I asked about their new baby boy, who had come early that morning. Joseph gushed on and on, not even mentioning a single word about his knee or his surgery. The skyhook really was beautiful, I said, when the nurses had left the room and all was calm. It should have gone in, he said. It looked like it was going in for the win. And I nodded. But I didn't nod at Joseph. I nodded at the window of his hospital room door. Suddenly, one by one, the undefeaters entered Joseph's tiny room 
until the room was filled with a multitude of middle-aged men in church league basketball jerseys and Santa hats. I removed my jacket. My own jersey was underneath. Joseph shook his head in disbelief and delight. Then a teammate threw Joseph's jersey to him. He caught it cleanly and pulled it over his big giraffe head. Before going to Joseph's room, I had visited Maria first to tell her about our team's hasty shenanigans. She loved the idea, but it was a complete surprise to Joseph and even more of a surprise when Maria joined us with their sweet little baby boy. In fact, we had packed the room so much that there was barely any room for Maria and the baby. But they squeezed in and found a place to rest. Then I looked Joseph right in the eye, thankful that his reclined position allowed me to look him eye to eye. And I started counting down. Ten, nine, eight, seven. A teammate slipped me a miniature basketball and I tossed it to Joseph in the bed. Six, five, four. I kept counting while the rest of the team chanted, sky hook, sky hook. One teammate held up a small hoop he had swiped from his kid's bedroom door. Sky hook, sky hook, they chanted. Three, two, one. And Joseph let the ball fly, his long right arm extended. And I have to tell you, and I'm not sure whether it was Christmas magic or miracle, but that was the most glorious swish I've ever seen. Let's pray. Most gracious and loving God, we thank you for the Christmas story. We thank you for the good news that in Christ your love came into this world and in Christ you promised to be with us in all of life's circumstances. You are our Emmanuel, God with us in every season of life. But God, today we remember that the calling of Christmas is that we are to be present with each other as well. We're called to be community. We're called to show the same love that you show to us. As you are the light of the world, you call us to be bearers of that light as well. And so as we prepare our hearts to celebrate Christmas tomorrow, we also continue to ask how it is that you want to use us. How is your spirit moving among us? And how can we join you, God, in the good work that you're doing in this world? We pray all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen.